Did you know you can get all of our podcasts on our free podcast app? Head over to rawattractionpodcast.com to download the app now. For the world's most ecstatic love and sex podcasts, bonus videos, and exclusive articles, head to rawattractionpodcast.com to get the free app now. Hi everyone and welcome to another Raw Attraction Magazine podcast. Today we ha- have again Booster Radfrick on the show. Um, we're going to do a slightly different show than normal. I know Raw Attraction is very much about um, sex, tantra, attraction, but also throughout the theme of every podcast, there is a theme of, of love and healing. And so the reason why I wanted to do this podcast is in the wake of what happened this last week on May 22nd in, in Manchester, England, where I'm from, not directly from Manchester, although I have been there once, um, but from the UK, it's kind of hit people hard in the UK and hit people around the world with what happened. And Booster is a somatic psychotherapist, a licensed mental health counselor. He's 10 years work experience with trauma and addiction recovery. Um, so my first thought when I asked kind of the universe or myself, my own heart, what I could do, the first thing that came to me if intuitively was to get Booster on the show and just to have a conversation because um, I don't know, maybe there were other, other people having these types of conversations, so, but in the, in the mass media, there certainly isn't, okay, what do we do as a society uh, right now to stop this going out of control? What, uh, how do we recover as people on an individual level? How do we have conversations with each other about what happened? How do we move forward with love and not with hate towards minorities or in our community? Or maybe they're even not my minorities. They're, you know, as, as prevalent as your own race or culture. So yeah, we're going to dive into some of those questions. We're not doing this podcast because we have all the answers, but we like to think we've got some maybe solutions for people who, who want to have this discussion. Um, so hi to you, Booster. How are you doing? Hi. I'm doing really good. It feels really good to be here and I love the invitation. I could really feel it from your heart wanting to make a difference to share some of the insights and practices that you've already received through working with this podcast around sex and love and relationships. And I can see an immediate link between the activation that can sometimes happen in relationships that uh, catapult us in patterns and reactive patterns um, and how that relates to another crisis in the world, such as the terrorist attack. Mm -hmm. So I feel, uh, I feel really beautifully invited into this exploration like how do we deal with this because it keeps happening and it keeps escalating mm-hmm. so it's a it's an active inquiry that I I, I I as i said i don't have the answers yet i have a few things that I apply in my own relationships and that also teach and hold space for in groups where we deal with in some sense like metaphorically explosive topics such as you know, conflicts and so forth. Mm. So maybe the first thing to start with is to recognize that it's likely that we are in trauma uh, from maybe the attack, maybe from something else in our life, but specifically around this attack where we're 
um, attack on uh, children um, and seeing that happen and feeling that in our bodies, what do we do as a next step? Is The first step was to recognize it and then, then what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe we are in trauma as a culture, as a nation. Um, trauma as defined in experiencing something life-threatening, mm-hmm. an ongoing situation that is out of our hands. Um, a very simple way to understand trauma is that when we're uh, alone with too much, mm-hmm. meaning we can't like actually share the experience and we pull in, in, in ourselves and we escape the pain that we cannot integrate. And what do we do when the body is like an animal that is terrified, you know, mm-hmm. and any animal that's terrified, you know, a cornered animal is going to lash out. It's going to want to like take a last chance at surviving by jumping straight through the perpetrator, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's irrational, right? And we see, I think you even said that there is an increase in hate crimes and so forth. Like when we attack people who are different than us, you know, people who have been associated with the terrorist crimes, right? Yeah, there and, was defi- definitely an increase in, I think the Metropolitan Police in the UK said so there's a doubling increase in hate crime. And there was a, I mentioned to you before the podcast, there was something in Portland, um, perhaps related to Manchester, who knows, but uh, a guy was verbally abusing two Muslims, I think two Muslims, I'm not sure exactly the number, but there was, he was abusing Muslims on a train and local Americans who weren't Muslim tried to intervene and they were stabbed and killed. Mm. So we're going, this is your like true animal behavior where, you know, someone is in their, is it their lizard, lizard brain or... You know, yeah, like, reptilian brain, lizard brain, instinctual brain. Yeah, absolutely. Where it's your, you look like someone who's killed one of my tribe. I'm going to kill your tribe before you kill me, which is understandable from a caveman tribal warfare mentality, which we still have in our DNA. I imagine uh, on a biological absolutely. level, on a psychological level, it's still there. So you kind of have compassion for it still being there, but it's still insane for like living in a culture. Absolutely. I mean, you can just look at road rage, how simple it is to swear and cuss and be mad at people who drive like idiots. Right. And it's because you don't have the, the social engagement system on like the other drivers you are aware, they don't hear that you're cussing and swearing their name. If they were actually sitting beside you, you would have the ability to regulate your instinctual reactions against their driving. Mm-hmm. So in a similar way, you know, when you see a Muslim and you feel attacked by them indirectly, you know, like this guy obviously lost the social engagement system that would help him to say this would not be appropriate. You know, mm-hmm. this is not a logical thing that I'm doing. He just popped basically. And then somebody stood up and then he got the brunt of it, you know, and goes killed. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. But so how, how do we, how do we deal with this? And I, I'm, I'm just noticing myself speeding up and there's a certain intensity and a focused. It's like, I can feel an activation mm-hmm. that is speaking about this reptilian brain. It's like, do something about it right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
There's an active defense, like fight or flight, like attack the killer or run away from it. Or this freeze response and uh, oh, it's not safe to run or to, to fight. I'm just frozen. Mm. Right. So I'm using these tools like uh, like taking a deep breath. So I'm just wondering if you can take a few breaths with me, just like mm-hmm. three deep breaths into the belly with a bit of a sigh on exhale and see if something shifts as a way to kind of test a, a, a tool, you know? Yeah, I'm doing it now. So I just, okay. Definitely like feeling more in my belly now, but also like feet on the ground, grounded, which is really important. Yeah, and I'm noticing a softening and my voice is getting a little darker and it's like I have more of a wide perspective. I'm almost aware of the backspace behind me. And also, as you said, like I'm aware of my sit bones. Mm. I can relax into my skeletal system to, to hold me. Mm-hmm. I'm not so like leaning forward, ready to take action, right? Mm-hmm. Coming back into the center. Yeah. So I mean, this is stuff with awareness there of us just speaking about these events, um, putting us into that kind of traumatic state, and then breathing our way out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so we are now together about this. You and I are talking about this. We are also letting our bodies speak to us as in the intensity, the, the tension, the urges, and we can begin to regulate. So we, so we, we basically unwinding the trauma. And inviting like the this. audience as well to do the same. If you feel like triggered by what all of this events, just take your breath now. Exactly. And so what, what I access when I take this breath, in this situation and in other heated moments is that I'm like accessing more of an embodied awareness. Mm-hmm. Now I have the information that I have some tension around my solar plexus, that I have a dry mouth, that I'm tensing my body. I, I can stretch and open it a little bit. I can, upon that information, make myself feel a little bit more resourced. Maybe drink a glass of water, share with you, hey, I'm noticing I'm tense, can you slow down a little bit? You know, there's more of me here. Mm. And less um, prone to find a short-term solution, which would be to just, you know, take the beating and pass it on to the next person. This would be to feel, oh, yeah, this is really affecting me. You know? mm-hmm. And, and 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 how might it affect somebody else if I just pass on this beating? Like what? Like in this space of awareness, I can begin to reflect upon my values. Mm-hmm. What is the world that I want to be living in? You know. Yeah. So here now in this space, how to deal with the fact that there are people in my world that look very different, that speak different languages, that are different traditions, that wear different clothes. They celebrate different. They grieve different. 
they have a different attitude towards women, towards men, towards the people who don't look like them. Like, how do I work with that? Because we're somewhere, we're going to have to find a way to live together. And this is where I just find vulnerability so powerful. Where if I can see the fact that they weren't run, uh, coming over here because of financial reasons, they came here because of a tyrant, because of the war, because the world that they knew was falling apart. And the only way that they could survive was to run. So they're vulnerable. They've experienced the war. They've experienced the hell coming here. And they have certain fundamental basic needs, just like me. Food and shelter. They want to live in a safe world. You know? So they're coming here as human beings, saying, help. And we've had the fortune to live in this world that have been relatively peaceful for a lot of years. And we have structures and wealth that we can share. Mm -hmm. So when I begin to see them as human beings who are as vulnerable as I am, I mean, I certainly feel my limited humanity on a daily basis. And I haven't even experienced war. The pain and suffering that I'm struggling with is not due to a war. So in some sense, I look like, I, like wow, how are you going through that? What is it like to lose a world, the one that you knew? And what is it like to be here? You know, so it brings out even curiosity from this place of embodied awareness. Mm. And more open. Yeah, I think that going down the conversation of almost, um, the thing that's coming up for me is almost feeling helpless. Uh, or like you don't know what you can do as an individual to create, um, a better world, i.e. not terrorist attacks, not happening. Um, and these disasters are not happening. Um, because nobody wants to see these things happen. Uh, well, I mean, you know, apart from terrorists themselves, but, um, we're living in a time where, there's so much connectivity. Um, everything seems to be connected technology wise. And, um, so what do we do? Is it, is this just enough? This, this compassion with self, this embodied, um, way of living, knowing your feelings, is that going to be enough to change anything? Um, well, it's a bit of a big you question. Know, but. Yeah, it, it, it is a big question. And I definitely see my own limitations in doing that. Mm. And I think, um, I think for me, um, I have to do what I'm doing the best. Like, what are my values? How, how can I, in my interactions with the people that I meet, look at what are the words, what are the energies, what are the opinions that I'm expressing here? Are they based in fear and assumption? Or 
are they based in a wisdom? The wisdom that comes from, hey, these are human beings. And, and actually, all of them, with a few exceptions, are here with an intent to create a really good life, a better life than they were served, right? So they really want to make it. They want to work for a similar, better world, right? Or am I, am I uh, going in and feeding the, the wave of right-wing extremism? As the counterculture to the influx of refugees that are like how am I handling these because there's less for me or because I'm threatened by the strangers. Like, is there, is there a way that I can stop the domino effect in some sense? Mm-hmm. Can I use this crisis as an opportunity? Like in the Chinese language, the sign for crisis is also the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think you said this, this is also another beautiful outpour, the free hugs, like in Stockholm after the big, uh, after the guy had killed some people with a truck, there on the square, there's thousands and thousands of people having mountains of flowers and, and propagating for love and connection. Yeah, and the same definitely in so, Manchester now. There, there's definitely outpouring, as you say, free hugs on the street, kids making cakes for each other and for adults and just coming out on the street. Uh, a lot of money being poured into the victims and even the homeless people who are outside the event who are helping people want to help those homeless people more there seems to be this outpouring so in answer to my own question that i just gave you i think you know these small things that you do are not so small um and if this podcast was a hate podcast and there was a thousand people listening and that got spread out and spread out more you know we're you know, feeding a beast that we don't want to feed. It's always about what wolf do you want to feed? And if we are continually feeding the the love wolf or the, you know, compassion wolf, then the little interactions we have one-on-one or one to hundreds or thousands that might listen to this podcast or, you know, that those internet interconnectivities is just going to continue to grow out and the more and more we stand for these and push push these things into our we don't want to get too political on this podcast but if we push these this kind of vibration into the politics and into the media and into our own uh lives then things eventually start to have to change if, if we make it powerful enough Totally. I mean, so the divide that we see in the outside is also the divide that we feel inside. Mm-hmm. Everything is in harmony at all times. So if I, for example, don't want to feel uh, my fear, I might push it away with anger. Mm-hmm. Right? So in, in, in some sense, this crisis is, is an invitation for me to mature into all that I am actually raise my awareness and my own capacity to be with these instinctual aspects of me, the animal nature 
that once it is hurt, it wants to hurt back. But we could not have built a civilization based upon that instinct. Mm. Right? And that's what I'm saying. Like, as we being, as the stress is shaving down the civilization's ability to regulate and act with, with decency, we're going to see more and more hate crimes. So if I can take this increased stress and increase like level of danger and alertness around these kinds of crimes as an opportunity to feel my own animal inside of me and begin to relate with that and bring that to you, but to bring it to you as a brother and as a friend saying, I'm noticing I have stress in my belly. I can't sleep. I, I am having nightmares about this. I am, you know, like now I'm, I'm bringing my human nature, my fragile self to you. And that would bring your heart open. Like, hey, brother, I hear you. I can totally relate with you. In this vulnerability, you and I begin to melt a little bit. And we can have a shared reality. We can be together. And now it feels actually good. Hey, you know, this... This crisis can actually connect us with values that are deeply seated in our DNA. Mm. Compassion, curiosity, togetherness, love, creativity, playfulness. This is where the old is destroyed to give room for the new. Mm -hmm. We have to move into a new form to be able to embrace the huge changes that we're experiencing. Yeah. Maybe we can talk a little bit about also love being a verb, i.e. an action word. So mm. as well as we're feeling these things and managing to step into that love space or compassion space with the breathing, the embodiedness, the not so much talking about fears, but feeling them through and sharing them with each other once they've felt through. But then, as we've seen, and uh, as I've mentioned, um, on the streets of Manchester in the UK and outpouring of love and also around the world, um, that we have to continue to keep, continue to remember that love is a action word. Um, mm. It's not just something we... You know, it's not an inanimate object. It's, it's, it's something we need to act upon. Um, do you have any, any thoughts around that um, and how, how we can continue to well, act? It's, yeah, so I, I think for me, it's like I, I like I like the metaphor of love uh, being a tiger that is killing everything that is not itself. Mm -hmm. Meaning love is not just this lovey-dovey feeling of I'm just seeing pink everywhere and I'm happy. I'm seeing love as almost like the original state that wants to emanate and penetrate everything. So as I was saying, these uh, like animalistic reactions that I'm having they can drive me into short-term solutions that create a long-term hell. So what, where, where love comes in right now 
is through my body and through my attention and through the urge to take action or say something bad or do something reactive, right? This is where it comes in. Hey, can I hold my own reaction with compassion and really understand? It makes complete sense. My world is falling apart and I'm fucking hopeless. And from hopelessness comes this rage. No, stop. And how can I, how can I use that force? I can say, yes, let's begin. I'm going to transform this no to a yes. Mm -hmm. And how can I transform this beast into a powerful, empowered individual that makes a difference? There has been a lot of individuals that have made a difference. The history has changed. Boom, like Gandhi. You know, Martin Luther King. There's been many of these kinds of mm, crises in the world where we see violence and the human ugliness. It's just so everywhere, right? But he took that one individual, poof, and then the world just changed. But it built up, it built up, it built up. It's a collective effort in staying rooted in wisdom, staying rooted in our heart. And embracing the discomfort, that which wants me to urge uh, to act in these short-term ways. Mm. So it can look like very, very small actions, like, um, what can I do to be more kind to myself? What can I do to be more kind to my, my colleague? Like, is it something that I can do that actually makes me feel better? Because that verb of acting upon love. You know, when you do good deeds, you will begin to feel good. You can make yourself better by doing good things. It's not rocket science. You know, you, you can feel good and do good things, or you can do good things and start to feel better. Mm. Yeah, I'm thinking that we should also try, maybe for the people listening, as well as in our as what's gone on recently, but in our own relationships is, is yes, love is a verb, but let's try and make fear not a verb anymore. Like fear is just something you never act on or try to never act up on at all. Whereas, you know, we get into the animalistic state, there's some kind of action happening, but the only action we should be doing at that point is breathing and like being in our bodies. Yeah. And I think fear brings information. Mm -hmm. Fear is just the feeling. Oh, here's fear. And to it's almost like seeing the fear as a phone call. Pick up the phone. Listen. Mm -hmm. Don't try to toss it away or collapse in depression. I don't want to hear the phone calling. Or try to attack the phone. Why are you calling? Mm -hmm. no, pick, pick up the phone. Yeah. I'm listening. Fear. What can I do for you today? Oh, you're afraid of going to the bus stop. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. You know, I have compassion for that. Yeah, let's, let's take a walk and let's see if it's safe or not, you know? Now, like, fear brings alertness. We mm -hmm. need to be more alert. That's a positive thing. Mm -hmm. The world is changing. We, we need to pay attention to be more awake. Yeah, that's a very good point. cannot just do things as I always used to. Because it's less safe right now. I need to be alert. Stay awake. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's a very good point in terms of like thinking about like a phone call. Not, you yeah. know, doesn't have to be um, a dramatic act out. Um, but yeah, the state of alertness is, is a very important one. Where uh, is there other things that we could be doing with ourselves or? Um... Well, I think we are also living in an amazing world with abundant opportunities for most of us to be extremely fulfilled and happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And instead of looking at the media and the news that are, that are like feeding off a, a mass psychosis, mm-hmm. uh, let's also be active in looking for what is really beautiful, what we can be grateful for. Many people in the personal growth world, uh, personal growth world, and even the spiritual communities, they have gratitude practices. Mm. Just that alone can shift our perspective. You know, so I would say be if there's any action that you want to do, like do a gratitude practice. Also physically, what can you do to relieve the stress in your body to regulate? Are you a runner? Are you going to the gym? Are you yogi? Are you meditating? What are you doing to kind of move the energy so it doesn't get stuck in your body? How do you express Instead of being depressed, you know, how do you find an expression for this fear? Very important to do all of that consciously, right? And how can you create environments that are safe, like havens? Is that with your lover, with your friends? Can you have a meditation group? Can, can you gather around and, and do acts of care? Like, that's what I get to do. I get to go around in, in the world and create safe havens where we have clear boundaries around behavior. We train people in boundaries so that they can connect and be safe. And in that safety, we can now feel pleasure and play and explore. We don't think about the terrorists in that mm-hmm. moment. Yet it is a, a place where we pull in. We, we draw in. The fact that we're also living in a world that is speeding up and kind of in the wrong direction, but in some sense bringing the poison up to the surface, which was always there. Mm. So we're using this, you know, and, and environments, and we can use this crisis to say, what can we do to bring principles we believe in into practice and begin to walk the talk? So this is a call for all of us to collectively take responsibility. It's a call of us, if we haven't woken up yet, to say the politicians cannot do it. The hierarchical models are dead. We have to literally hold hands and stand in circles and create the meaning by relating in powerful ways. Mm. It's falling apart as we know it. And that's terrifying. And we can't just go around pretending it's not happening numbing up with TV and junk food and porn, you know? Mm-hmm. This is where we want to, like, call into action and simple, simple actions that help us bond and connect. And so, take a hot bath, lay in a bed and breathe with a friend, mm, go for a walk in nature, bring in the abundance, all the resources that we do have, 
Yeah, I think that's a and there's a really big point there. Definitely the culture and society is changing at a rapid pace and the structures are falling and we have to I'd say take each other by the hand and walk through and create a new world. And there I think there's huge opportunity. There's huge opportunity for all of us to uh, make a difference. Um more so than ever. I mean, you just take some good world stories that I've heard in the last weeks. There was a the crisis in Somalia, um, a food crisis, and there was a guy who decided he wanted to do something, and he managed to get a campaign He by tweeting out to Ben Stiller on, on Twitter and some other, like, YouTube, huge YouTube people with millions of followings, and he got well over... A million dollars, maybe two million, I'm not sure. He managed to get a um, cargo plane from, I think it was Turkish Airlines, to from America to Somalia, shipped all this food over. This is just one guy. And they're like, there's so much opportunity for everyone to do like anything they want. Uh, we have unlimited creative and, and mm-hmm. loving capacity. To, mm-hmm. to to make change and as you say about Martin Luther King and other people like Muhammad Ali and you don't you don't have to be a celebrity to do things just like this guy I mentioned he wasn't a celebrity but um or a politician there's there's so much power in the in the individual when you take your own power back and not feeding your power to the fear um and when you take control of your mind and your body and your spirit mm-hmm then that's when you become powerful on the global stage or a national stage or a local stage. It could be in just your local town. That's enough. So mm-hmm. the power is back in your hands. We're giving it to you. Mm-hmm. Is there any final thoughts you'd like to add to this one? I know I want for people listening, if they, if they want to get in this conversation, maybe they want to start answer more questions further down the line or something like that uh do get in touch with my my, my email is steve at rawattractionmagazine.com um just send me an email if, even if just thoughts doesn't have to be questions thoughts you've had after this uh conversation with booster um that i can share with him afterwards see what see what we um think about doing another podcast or, or not um but yeah, I'd love to hear from anyone, any, anyone listening around this conversation or leave comments on, on the page that if you're watching this on a YouTube page or on a page on our website, just let us know or on a Facebook video. So different ways to watch this. So, um, mm. yeah. Any final thoughts, Rooster? I just want to say thank you for calling this interview, this conversation into action. Um, it's it's been an honor to think with you and to conversate. It definitely brings me closer to like where can I just in general like in some sense like forgive myself for having acted and reacted with fear, being grumpy or being harsh or being like being that which I'm saying. Let's not go there. No. Mm. So I think it brings my final point on the forgiveness as well. You know, how important it is to start to forgive ourselves for 
acting like animals sometimes and hurting people we love or people we don't know, but that we put this label on and we just demonize them, right? Like it starts very much just like with ourselves and kind of softening like, yeah, I'm a human being. I could have been there, done that. And I've mm-hmm. been there, done that, you know? So that's just what I'm like ending this dialogue with you with like, a softening and more of a heartfelt sense of, hmm, yeah, warmth and how can I forgive myself more? Mm, thank you for that. Uh, I like to finally end on a poignant note. Um, just to those people who don't even have the ability to hear us anymore, the, the ones who died in Manchester uh, and all around the world and practically every country almost um, where there's been terrorist attacks or wars that you won't be forgotten and we need to go forward and and like rise in love because of your sacrifice Uh, and also Mm -hmm. to the families that have been affected about all this I I can't even imagine what I just hope you're getting the help that you need um um, and if <clears throat> anyone needs Booster's help, he's a, a very um, well uh, versed in these somatic psychotherapy licensed mental health counselor for 10 years. So uh, if you want to reach out to him, you, what's the best way to do it? You can send me an email to buster at gmed with, with two R at the end of buster at gmail.com okay cool yeah i don't have those kind of experiences so he would be better or if there's someone in in your what would you recommend maybe there might be people even in manchester listening now and they're more or someone who's been affected in in a attack recently if what what should they look for uh if they're not reaching out to you for like should they look for a somatic psychotherapist? What do you think they should look for? Yeah, I think um, it's the, the, the first line of, of defense, so to speak, against trauma is to find groups in which you can talk about this experience with. We need to grieve and go through crisis together. That's the most important. You can just see it in cancer patients. Like they have 40 percentage better recovery rate if they're just in a therapy group. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's one level, right? To so just be in a group that, that are going through something similar where you're seen and heard and just that is healing. You can put that behind you. Yet if there's still a traumatic activation that you go around with a lot of um, post-traumatic stress symptoms, then indeed you want to uh, seek out a professional works somatically or with the body or the animal body in focus so you can begin to uh, like sequence out the tension that's still stuck in the body like the 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 tension that's there because you couldn't run away but there was still an impulse to want to run away but you couldn't right Mm -hmm. so it's stuck in the body and it's easily triggered right so that's why it causes a lot of stress so you want to work with somebody who can work directly, helping you sequence out that unnecessary health tension 
in your body so you can find release and ease and peace inside of you. Mm. Yeah, thoroughly recommend those things. Don't recommend going towards, unless it's clinical, like anti-depression tablets and stuff like that. You, you want to get into groups, want to work with the body. Whenever I've never been in such a horrific trauma, but if I've had some trauma, I've always gone for body work. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, with with someone who's who can really help release the tension out of my body I've gone to and I've done different workshops not specifically when I was in trauma but you know breathwork workshops are great as well uh, for letting out trauma uh, I know this good friend of mine Elaine Young does them in London I'm not sure about Manchester but I'm sure there are, you can seek out breathwork stuff but um, yeah highly recommend those things so thank you Booster um hope this has been useful for people listening or watching and do get in touch on either of our, of our emails if you feel called to do so thank you did you know you can get all of our podcasts on our free podcast app head over to rawattractionpodcast.com to download the app now for the world's most ecstatic love and sex podcasts bonus videos and exclusive articles head to rawattractionpodcast.com to get the free app now